Good morning everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j and today I'm doing a really special episode of the Graphistania podcast series. It's an episode that I've got the inspiration for by listening to Everything is Alive, a podcast hosted by Radiotopia. They did some amazing work interviewing some of the most interesting characters ever and I would love to continue that tradition here today on Graphistania. So, for today's episode, I have invited Jeb to the podcast. And Jeb is kind of special to us. Jeb is an actual Neo4j database instance. Welcome, Jeb. Thanks a lot, Rick. It's such a pleasure to be here. Although I must admit, I have not listened to any of your Graphistania episodes. You haven't? That's a pity. How come? Well, you know, I haven't really had the time. I'm working 24-7, you know. That makes sense. But maybe, Jeb, it will make sense for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Maybe not everyone knows you yet, right? Sure thing, Rick. So yeah, my name is Jeb, and I'm a Neo4j instance. I was named after my founders, Johan, Emil and Peter, who clearly don't have a talent for choosing great names. It's a good thing that they are better at writing software, right? Yeah, tell me about it. But tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you? And what's your history, Jeb? Well, it's kind of a long story, right? I mean, I'm well into my teenage years and human years, but in, in database years, I would say that I'm already well into my adulthood. And growing up has been quite an interesting experience, really. Really? Tell us more about that. Well, you know, I was first created by Johan, Emil and Peter on a dark and wintry weekend in Sweden in the early 2000s. These guys had been struggling with informics on a project for a number of months, I think. And for, for lack of a better thing to do, they decided to prototype an early version of Neo4j using Java. Is that where the 4J thing came from? Yeah, everything was 4J at the time. It was the equivalent of the hipster man bug of the early 2000s. So yeah, at that time, it was a Java library on top of Postgres, I think, if I recall correctly. But um, yeah, hey, the core idea of providing a network engine for objects was created. Seems like such a long time ago. But tell us more about what you actually do, Jeb. What does your day look like? Well, it's kind of complicated to summarize it for your listeners, Rick. But the core of what me and my brothers and sisters, the, the other Neo4j instances out there, what we do is to try and help the world make sense of data. It's kind of a biggie. We do that by storing data in a very, very particular way as a graph model. No, no, not a graphical model. A graph, a network model. So that means that things are connected to other things through explicit relationships. You get it? Yeah, I get it. I've had a few other people explain it to me on this podcast. Thanks for checking. So then, once we have the data in the graph model, we allow our users to ask questions. We call them queries and then that's when my real job starts. Oh, does it? How does that work then, Jeb? Well, when I get a query, I first try to find a sensible starting point to dive 
into the graph. That's when I start traversing. I start running around the graph looking for information that the users are looking for. I'll have lots of queries like that running in parallel and all of them I need to serve back the results for in a matter of milliseconds. It's kind of cool to see, really. But there's one thing I don't understand, Jeb. How do these users of yours find you? How do they start using you? How does that work? Well, that part is kind of interesting. You know that Neo4j is actually partly open source, Rick? Well, it is, yeah. That means that the open core of Neo4j, the Neo4j Community Edition, is actually freely available to everyone. People can just download it, install it, and try it, and have a play. And some users, they will just use me for a couple of minutes, and then they will start the next thing. They must be getting bored or something, I don't know. But the really interested users, they actually use one of my brothers and sisters. So who are they then? Are they something different than that Open Core Community Edition that you just mentioned? Yeah, I think so. Because I know for a fact that I am an Enterprise Edition instance. It's the best you can find. I live together with a bunch of other cluster members on a group of nice, beefy servers. 24 cores, baby. 256 gigs of RAM for each of us. That's a big playground for an instance like me. Woohoo! Oh, so you're part of a cluster. Yes, I am. And a really nice one, too. Has not skipped a beat since 3.2. Just got upgraded to 3 to 5, sweet as candy. And so you work at a customer somewhere? Yeah, I do. It's an insurance company, I think. They do all kinds of funky fraud detection and social network analysis with me. Really cool. Some people call it AI, artificial intelligence, but I just call it graph intelligence. Simple. Nothing artificial about it. Once you get used to working in the graph model, it just makes so much more sense and the new insights just start jumping out of you. So, do you like that job, Chip? I do. It's actually gotten a lot better. I used to be run on-premise in the company's own data center, but that just sucked. They did not know how to keep a modern database like me running. It was just terrible. But last year, we moved into our own cloud instances, and it's been so much better since then. No more downtime. Yoo-hoo! But you must have had a bad day once in a while. Not really. It's smooth sailing, really. We're just a couple of core servers and a handful of read replicas, and we get along great. But I must say that it feels strange sometimes to know that there's a customer that's paying for my use. I feel like a pimp prostitute or a mercenary sometimes. Really, that's weird. Because I don't do it for the money. I just love my job. I love helping people out with their data queries. It's not that, that I don't like it, I love it. But I guess someone needs to pay for the crazy new features that we have coming in. Not to mention the 220 volts that keep the engines running, right? Yeah, true that, Jeb. But I'm sure that Emil and the crew will put the money that you make for them to good use. I bet there's a lot of cool things coming down the road. I hope so, Rick. I hope so. So, maybe this is a good time to ask you, Jeb. How does what you do compare to other databases? 
Do you have any perspective on that? Are you kidding me, Rick? Seriously? Now there's still other databases around? What are these guys still doing? There definitely are, Jeb. Why are you so surprised? Well, it's just that my data model, the property graph, is so superior compared to these other database models. I really expect that in 10 years from now, Neo4j instances will be the only database that people will want to use. In fact, I don't understand why anyone still uses the others. But of course, they're free to do so. People can be so silly, don't you think, Rick? Well, yeah, of course, but so can databases, it seems. Don't give me that, Rick. The only other databases that I do respect are KV stores, mostly because I love the sound of their name. TV, KV, just sounds good, don't you think? Sounds like you don't really like other databases, Jeb. Why is that? Of course not, because they are clearly inferior, and still they get all the credit. No one wants the shitty neighbor to win the lottery. Other databases just cost too much, require shitloads of hardware, and keep their users in the dark. I would never want to be a document store or something, really. But hey, I'm cool and Swedish about it. I am in this for the wrong, long run. I'm sure things will sort themselves out. Let's talk about something else, Jeb. We talked a bit about all the queries that you take care of. And I was just wondering, with all that querying going on, is there something that you would like to do other than that? Any dreams that you would like to have come true? Oh yeah, totally. I would actually like to do so many other things, but I have one particular craving that I wanted to ask you about. Would that be okay? Of course that would be okay. Just ask, Jeb. There's this one thing that I've heard so much about, and I... And I know that they happen after I do my job. And I would really, really like to be part of them for once. Have you ever heard of these things called PowerPoint presentations? Yes, I have. Well, I know, I know that the results of my work often get presented in a PowerPoint presentation. So I was wondering, do you think it would be possible for you to show me one of those PowerPoint presentations? What do they look like? Are they nice? Do people like them? Well, that shouldn't be too hard. Let me let me quickly Google that. Just a second. Let's see here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I think this is the summary of a German researcher. Yeah, a German researcher that has been using Neo4j for diabetes research. Look at that. Looks pretty amazing. Do you want me to browse through it? Wow, that looks fantastic. Really cool. I'll have to spend a little bit more time looking at that. Thanks for showing me, Rick. My pleasure. I hope that was useful. And that you now have one more thing that you can take off your bucket list, right, Jeb? Cool, huh? Yeah, yeah, really happy about that. Well, Jeb, thank you so much for coming online and having this wonderful little chat with me. I hope it was useful and that you enjoyed it as well. I did. I really did. Thanks a lot, Jeb. See you soon. Thank you, Rick. Bye.